0: welcome to the pinch to zoom podcast the show where we zoom in on the latest tech news products and trends i'm stetson i'm Gabe, and this is our fourth episode in our best of tech 2020 showdown a series of bonus episodes where we have been doing epic showdowns between the best tech devices of 2020. in our smartphone and mobile device division we crowned the iphone 12 mini as the champion The Skydio 2 flew away with the win in our cameras and drones division, and in our smart home division, the Amazon Alexa generously gave Nest Audio the victory. In this episode, we will be battling out the best streaming services, game consoles, TVs, and more in our final entertainment division. This is a March Madness-style bracket where we will be putting two devices or services against each other, having them battle it out head-to-head, picking the winner, and then moving that product or service on to the next round. In this episode, we will be crowning one product, the champion of the entertainment division, and in our grand finale, we will be putting the winning products from each division against each other in an ultimate final showdown to determine the single best tech product of 2020. With that said, let's get this showdown started.
1: Welcome to the fourth episode of the 2020 Best of Tech Showdown, presented by the pinch to zoom Podcast. I'm Gabe. I'm Stetson. And today we're looking at a fierce competition in the entertainment tech division, with the best gaming consoles, streaming services, TVs, and more lining up for a showdown that will make a Mortal Kombat fatality look like it's from Animal Crossing New Horizon. But for the final time, let's meet the 16 contenders in today's showdown. Starting off, we have Stadia, Xbox Game Pass, Xbox Series X and Series S, PS5 and PS5 Digital Edition, Nintendo Switch, Apple Arcade, Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus, Netflix, HBO Max, YouTube Premium, Roku Ultra, Google Chromecast with Google TV, Vizio OLED. TCL 6 Series R635 Mini LED TV. Are you done with that one? I'm done with that one, guys. Okay. Yes.
0: Oculus Quest 2. And Valve
1: Index. So, without further... Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> it.
0: Let's just get right to yeah, it. Yeah, let's uh, get this show started. I think what I love about these series
1: is Gabe and I come in here,
0: we have no idea who's going to win
1: this episode. We and really don't. We, we've done a lot of research on which devices, you know, to choose and just to make this Final 16, but... Beyond the research, the prices like we really have no idea. I'm just looking at this now and just kind of it's a little daunting. yeah, I mean I feel like I have some gut instincts for first round picks, but beyond that, it's really up in the air and we get some but, fun but match-ups. also we haven't really we try not to talk too so I have no idea what Stetson might say that might swing my opinion radically the other way.
0: Yeah, we go in with open minds and I think we should just start right off with the uh, first matchup here. We have stadia which is offered for a free service, $10 a month for Pro. And then to get the sort of TV experience, it's $100 for that Stadia Premiere, getting you the controller and the limited edition of the Chromecast Ultra devices until Google runs out of those. And we have Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass, which is 15 bucks a month and allows you to stream, I think, over 100 games on Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass service. Uh, Yeah, so Gabe, let's... How, let's start this off. What do you what do you think going into it? Do you have Well,
1: I think if this was a month ago, uh I think Stadia would be the clear loser here. You know, this would yeah. just easily hand this to Xbox Game Pass there. Yeah, it's more expensive, right? $15 a month. No, I don't think it has a free tier. Yeah,
0: there's no free tier. You can do a trial they're offering, I think 3 months for a dollar, which is pretty great. Uh but besides that, like once you're locked in, it is
1: more expensive, $15 a yeah. month. So, if it if this a month ago, right? It would be totally Xbox Game Pass. You're moving on. It's a little closer now since we've had the Cyberpunk 2077 incident. Ooh, yeah. What happened there? 2077, sorry, incident, which is essentially, you know, Cyberpunk 2077, one of the biggest games of this year to be released. And the big issue that everyone has run into is it just doesn't run well on any device. You know, PS4, Xbox One, even the new consoles are having issues running uh, the game without you know crashing constantly or some serious bugs. The only real platform that's been you, you know consistently great with this game has actually been Stadia. And w- would you say PCs as well, like custom built gaming PCs? Custom built gaming PCs. Yes, but I mean, then you're looking at like ten, you know, a thousand dollar device. Yeah, fifteen hundred to two thousand, which is like I mean, like hundred times more expensive than getting the pro version of Stadia for a year.
0: Yeah, it's true. So what Stadia is doing is you're streaming the game off of a basically a, a part-built PC in a Google server, and because all the PCs are identical, it can be easier to optimize for those. And uh, as your experience with Cyberpunk twenty seven seventy showed that uh, the game can actually run better because these computers are higher performance even than some of the next gen consoles or they're right in line with the next gen consoles. And that's actually what Microsoft is doing for the Xbox Game Pass experience where you're actually kind of streaming the games from, I think it's an Xbox Series X, uh, maybe not exactly the console, but those kinds of parts and components and similar specs. And you're streaming the game from that remote Xbox Series X running the game Uh, to your TV so yeah they're both kind of taking some similar approaches here I think what I like most about the Xbox Game Pass is just the sheer number of games that are available and that with your $15 per month price point you're getting access to all of those games right because with Stata you actually have to buy each game individually so I don't know what what's your take on the different models do you feel like one's better than the other Uh, is there a
1: preferred system this is really a tough one. I think Stadia, I I think that's a, I don't know. I think that's a better product. I think because of the crowd that Xbox is going to, it's really most likely people who are buying consoles. Yeah. Like they kind of now have bundled their xCloud into their, what was it, Game Pass? Right? That's correct, yeah. So it's a little bit weird. They're trying to force the cloud gaming, but a lot of people who play Xbox games still love having the physical device. You know, they just released these brand new consoles, which Josh will be talking about in a second. And so, I don't know. I still think they have a marketing issue there on their hand. I think Stadia, Google is just full in on the cloud gaming, and I think that, that deserves to go on. And yeah, they also, they just brought it to iOS, too, which is huge. It's the first one to get to iOS. It's huge. I think Stadia is the streaming service that is most out of
0: beta, right? Like, everything is working... And I think the integration with YouTube YouTube, gaming and like you're watching someone play a game, boom, you click a button in your browser and you're just like right there playing the game. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think Stadia means so much more to Google. It really brings in kind of a a more unexpected competitor to the gaming landscape. I agree with you. I think for 2020, I think Stadia needs to go on for uh,
1: its online streaming services and what it's offering. All right, so Stadia, you're going on but this might not be the end of Xbox because this next round, we have the big showdown of 2020, honestly. Xbox Series X and Series S starting at $300 and then $500 for the Series X and then the PS5 and PS5 Digital Edition, $400 and $500. Yeah, so
0: two very different approaches here where Sony actually released two consoles, right? Both of them offer the next-gen gaming experience. Where with Microsoft... The Series X is really the only console offering that next-gen experience where the Series S has some improvements, yes, um, but while some people may think of it
1: as next-gen, it's not really next-gen in terms of how I would define it. They should just call the Series S the uh, Game Pass Edition or something. (laughs) Yeah, because that's what you'd use it for. Basically, yeah, you'd use it If you're getting that, you'd want to get Game Pass so that you can, you know, get all the benefits of the new console because you're playing that in the cloud. Well, maybe we can approach this by, like, what are some of the... Well, I think let's go categories for this. Yeah, okay. So let's start with uh, design of the device. This is controversial. This is big because when you have a gaming device, uh, you're usually putting it on your TV, like, entertainment stand. stand. It's very visible, usually. So you have both, you know, either side, you're going to have people saying the other one's absolutely ugly or this one's beautiful. You have the PS5, which is that
0: huge
1: brick of plastic. Well, not even brick. Like yeah, just, brick's the wrong word. It's like a majestic tower that's alien It's modern futuristic. art kind of gone wrong. <laughs> and it's all just massiveness of plastic room. dominates your living room versus the Xbox, which can kind of fade into the background. It's still a chunky little brick, but it's more subtle, uh, has a nice kind of green glow on the top. And yeah, I. what do you think? I think
0: there's two things going on here. I think from Sony's perspective in marketing, the PS5 looks more next-gen, air quotes there, because it's kind of futuristic. It's a conversation point if you have guests over in your house, whenever that's okay to do again. Yeah. And I think if you see it in the background of YouTuber videos, like people will immediately recognize this person has the new PS5, their next-gen gaming. Whereas I think the Xbox, it really fits better into most environments, it's easier to mount sideways or vertically. I think it's got a better design for airflow, in my personal opinion. And when I'm gaming, I want the console to fade into the background. And I just don't feel like the Sony PS5 is doing that. Like in our setup, once we get our TV and TV stand, we won't have space for it on the TV stand. So we'll have to be like in one of the shelves sideways or even on the floor. And I just feel the way Xbox can integrate into more environments, uh, for me, it makes it the more appealing design, but that's just my opinion.
1: Uh, what do you think of design, and what should we go on to for our next category? Yeah, I think let's. That? I think I think that design's a draw because it's very, uh, you know, subjective. Yeah, that's that's right? a good yeah. So I think design's a draw. Now let's go on to just hardware specs. Which one do you think takes it here? This this is, this is f- both features as well. So like we're including controllers. Okay. We're including how much you know teraflops stuff like that.
0: What I like about Xbox Series X is, well, on paper, it does have the technically higher teraflops, but I think what sells Xbox for me is the quick resume feature where you can easily jump between games uh, more quickly, get back into the action. And PS5 is by no means long at loading, but I think that feature of Xbox is really good. Uh, But what is Sony doing with their controller that I think makes it super unique, right? They're adding the haptic feedback that's actually sort of a, a dynamic Rumble, what do they call it? Dynamic adaptive triggers. So if you're pulling the trigger on a weapon or maybe you're climbing or something like that, uh, you're actually getting the controller kicking the trigger back at you and adding resistance. Maybe you're pulling a bow and arrow or something. I think that is a truly unique feature, makes PS5 next gen, and you're getting the 3D audio, which we haven't seen how well that's going to pan out. Uh, But the big asterisk here, if developers choose to incorporate what Sony is offering, I think that is going to offer uh, sort of the
1: next-gen experience of what it feels like to be immersed in a game. Yeah, that's the key, like, kind of, you know, asterisk on there is the developers have to embrace what Sony's offering and maybe they can get some common, you know, I don't know what they call it, but, like, uh, way that... It, like a standard can, or something? Yeah, exactly, a standard for that feedback if Xbox actually does something like that as well. You know, they both have very similar things, like ray tracing, right? You get the 4K... 60 FPS gaming, I think, on board. 4K
0: 120 FPS oh, okay. is the
1: max with HDMI
0: 2.1, but that's kind of its own little problem yeah. in a nutshell. Uh, yeah. And up to 8K gaming, which is insane yeah. for the select people who have 8K TVs. Which and is very, very few. few. And very you, have few. You, have to, you have to get a game. See, the thing is the console can technically support it, but game developers need to choose to do 4K 120, and that's gonna be hard. And I think a lot of people will kind of opt for the lower resolution, higher frame rate, or even the higher resolution locked at 60 frames per second frame rate uh, for what they will perceive as a better gaming experience.
1: So I think, yeah, for this one, I think it's a close one. Uh, If we weren't considering the controllers in this, which maybe should be a separate thing, maybe that should be features. Sure. Uh, I guess, okay, so let's say direct hardware, I think Xbox does get the edge. But if you're going to round it out to actually like next gen hardware, I think then you give the edge to the PS5. Yeah, I think
0: it is challenging to say because PS5 is the only game console supporting the 3D audio and the adaptive triggers. And because it's one of like the Xbox or the PC, Stadia, all these other platforms that won't support it, I think it's challenging to tell at this point in time how many games will optimize for that. But as it stands, the potential is huge and it is such a defining, unique feature. I think PS5 should
1: win in that category. Okay, final Uh, Actually, let's just do two categories together. Here is going to be content uh, and exclusives, and then gameplay and kind of like community, I guess. Or I don't know. Yeah, I like I like those. Yeah. Content exclusive. Well, what do you think? uh, I think I mean content exclusive. I think hands down goes to PS Five. We haven't really seen any content exclusives from Xbox. I mean, I guess the Halo like revamp they're doing, but they pushed that back. So there's not not really anything at this point. So I think easily goes to PS Five at this. Stage in the game, you know, you have the Miles Morales revamp or kind of retooling of the Spider-Man. You have, what is it, the Horizon uh, new version coming out. Yeah, just overall, that's the one I'd go for for content, I think. Well, here's another asterisk that you may consider yep. backwards compatibility. Okay. That's true, but I, there's have been a lot of issues for people running stuff. It hasn't been as like seamless as just, oh, I can pop in literally any disk that's somewhat, that actually don't work. For for what for Xbox really yeah I was seeing it, the huge backwards compatibility. There is a lot, but there ha, it hasn't as you know Xbox has been making that literally a marquee feature for them. It ha, it should literally work with any game, and, and it just hasn't been yet. There hasn't been every game that has interesting. Yeah, it's been most of them. Granted, if you have you know most games better out than PS Five, definitely sure. better than PS Five, and I think the fact that also uh, PlayStation doesn't really have a good competitor to Xbox Game Pass yet yeah, they I, they definitely will we know it's coming um so that's but i think at this point with the exclusives i'd give it to ps5 but if you look at then like community the online aspect and multiplayer that's definitely got to go to xbox what's really nice
0: is you know previously your three friends or whatever you each needed to buy a 60 dollar game to play online together now with xbox game pass you can each spend 15 bucks and boom you play all get access games. yeah exactly
1: and that's it doesn't that include your xbox live or no Yeah, I think that would. The $15 price, I think, does include Xbox Live. So you're all set, ready to go. So it's a great deal. And I definitely feel like, I mean, maybe this is just me, but more of my friends uh, have Xbox, I think, that that play online. I feel like people who have PlayStation do more like single player. They have some really great stuff. So overall, though, let's just get to the end.
0: What do we think? To summarize my thoughts on the next gen, I would say PlayStation is changing the way we experience games with the 3D audio and the new haptic feedback and dynamic adaptive triggers in the controller. However, I feel Microsoft is changing the way we play games with not only a a more affordable entry point at $300 for the Series X, uh, but also with the next gen specs and with the Xbox Game Pass features. So... So tough like how what would you say do you feel like Sony's change the way you experience game is better and more uh reward award worthy or do you feel like Microsoft's change the way you play games is more uh worthy here Oh boy I'm going to say I'm personally I leaning th- towards Microsoft Oh I'm leaning
1: towards PS5 because you feel the next gen deserves more recognition well i'm thinking which was a more improvement on the previous generation and i feel like xbox was just kind of like your expected iter- iteration and actually more of the improvement came like in the online with the and i and i think next year this could be completely different once xbox real you know releases it gets titles like yeah you look at generally actually in the past two console releases xbox has taken longer to really Feel like wow, that's the platform to be on. Sure, sure. Um, and PlayStation has been faster to come out with exclusives and better stuff right off the front. So I think, yeah, I would we, go PlayStation. But I mean, we're gonna get, we're gonna get hit either way. You can't.
0: I mean, it's we're, we're jumping into time. the pit
1: of alligators here with this. Yeah, showdown. Well, I, I think for me,
0: I definitely liked Xbox's more affordable approach. The monthly financing option just for the consoles itself was really huge. Uh, but yeah, I do think more people online that I've been following have been more interested in PS5. And it's been such a unique experience for a lot of people with that controller. And I think that
1: design, even though a lot of people, you personally don't like it. I don't like it. I'm going to be up front. But it's kind of like the Tesla Cybertruck in that it screams, I'm the future. And it's going to polarize people and get attention. And I think that deserves to put it in the best of tech. All right. Let's move it on to the next round. All right. So PS5 moving on. Now we have another. This is not really a game console, but we have the Nintendo Switch versus Apple Arcade. So we have the Nintendo Switch, obviously basically a mobile gaming console slash home TV gaming console. It can be both $300 and Apple Arcade, which is mobile gaming. And then also you can actually game on a tablet or TV for $5 a month. Very kind of different uh, approaches to gaming.
0: What I thought was so interesting is when I was researching this, it turns out with Apple Arcade, you can actually pair it with an Xbox controller and you
1: can airplay it to your Apple TV. It has to be, I think, the... third generation xbox controller yeah no, i can't the, remember it has to be like one of the bluetooth compatible ones one It'd of make the sure newer ones that. and you can play it on your tv
0: and maybe if you have some home pods you can get some surround sound going and i was like wow like apple arcade actually does deliver kind of uh well ha- like well, huge enormous aster oh what well, the asterisk is getting bigger yeah. a- wow um but yeah so i was surprised by
1: that gabe what's your take going in here i th- i think apple arcade a year ago was awful
0: and they also gave it to everyone for free. They
1: gave it to everyone for free, and even free, it was awful. It was, you know, glorified, basically too many. I mean, the, the games are very beautiful and stuff. I think I mentioned this before on the podcast where we talked about it. They're very beautiful, but they're just they're too indie, too. They weren't like you want games that bring you, you know, back coming back to more to play and just hooks you in. And none of those had that. Now I just downloaded this past week, signed up for actually I got a three month trial because I bought the new iPhone, so they're keep rolling out those free trials. And it's, it's still, you know, on, you know, not to that point where it's like, this is something I really want, because still, it seems like most of the good games are just in Apple's regular, you know, app store that you can download for free or freemium games. But it has come to the point, you know, they have like Lego Brawl, and a couple other games that really kind of feel have that replay value that you could, you know, more than just, oh, wow, look how pretty and the binaural audio or whatever else they're doing to try to make it seem cool. Like Apple Arcade has come a long ways. That said, this year has been the year of the Switch. I mean, yeah, we actually included the Switch in our biggest tech fails of 2020 just because it's not in stock and everyone wants it. Yeah, they could have sold I think they've sold 45 million uh consoles this year alone. I think is that what I was reading. Yeah, 45 million just this year alone, which surpasses the most they'd ever sold in one year. From the Nintendo uh, DS and the Wii U, uh, with the Nintendo DS they sold 31 million, with the Wii U 25 million. So like 15 or yeah, 15 million more consoles this year they've sold than their previous most in, in any year. And Switch was so insane. Such, it was such a huge and that, wait, and that's also not even counting the Nintendo Switch lights. Wow, like yeah, that's crazy. It's been off
0: the charts, and this was such a huge and important console for Nintendo because their Wii U was such a big flop. I almost thought they might go off the map if they didn't have a huge hit. And Switch was not only successful, but it it created almost a new category of gaming where you get the Nintendo AAA games on a handheld portable device that you could share with your friends, game on the go, and even plug in and dock at home for your big screen TV. Which was oddly what the Wii U was, but this just did it better in every way. Oh, yeah. Well, the Wii U wasn't really portable. Like, you had the handheld tablet thing. Yeah. But it was Somewhat like you portable. had to be in your house. I guess it's more.
1: It took like the Nintendo 3DS and the Wii and just combined them together. I said, think. There you go. The
0: Switch was so great because it it built a community around it where you could take it to lunch. Uh, like I would I just think of being in high school if we had the Switch, you could bring it with you to lunch, kick it up on the kickstand, dish out a couple of the yeah. controllers, and boom, you're like four player uh, Mario Kart and I think, honestly, if I was going to get one, it would be the Switch, and I think the biggest revolutionary device was the Switch, and I think Apple Arcade just isn't there yet. We were talking about this earlier, but I think if Apple comes out with an Apple TV that can better support it, um, I think that's where Apple Arcade could potentially have a better chance. But as of now, I think Switch deserves this win for uh, just being such a great console, having such great Mario games, bringing back some of the nostalgia of Mario and Nintendo fans, and really creating kind of a new device and a new gaming experience we really haven't seen before from any of the major gaming manufacturers.
1: I agree 100%. And it's funny we're talking about this product that was released in 2017 and just now is I feel reaching the peak. But if you look at the Nintendo consoles, really at 6 to 7 year lifespans they have before they get outpaced by a new gen, so you're hitting perfect time here with, you know, new games like Animal Crossing New Horizon, you know, and more even coming out next year. Yes, they will possibly be releasing the Nintendo Switch Pro, but Nintendo consoles are never about specs, so just buy the Nintendo Switch if you can get it and enjoy it. So definitely going on Nintendo Switch. Next, we have uh, two TV streaming sticks or squares. I don't know. They're, They're kind of in whatever category they fall in. We have the Roku Ultra. And then the Google Chromecast with Google TV. We actually had to look up that name. That naming is awful, Google. Uh, (laughs) But Roku Ultra goes on sale for $100, sometimes $80 if you get a discount. And then the Google TV is only $50. And, you know, very different price tags. I, off the bat, want to just go Google because it's cheaper. Feel Like you're getting more for less. Here's what I would say. I think
0: Roku built something awesome. And the real strength of Roku is actually that they're built into a lot of TVs, which we'll talk about later with our TCL 6 Series TV. Um, But the fact that the Google TV supports 4K HDR content and Dolby Vision for 50 bucks, and it's using Google's algorithm so you can like shows, save them to a universal watch later list, and have the algorithm kind of learn what your content preferences are, I think that's a huge win. It's aggregating content, giving you easy access to the shows you want immediately in a really nice, clean interface. I think that's hands down the winner for me.
1: And do, wait, doesn't the Roku Ultra not support HBO Max currently? Or Roku they fixed that. They, so fixed it, okay. they struck
0: a deal where HBO Max is now available, okay. but the asterisk is I don't believe it's available
1: yet on the TV version. But I know, I know it is definitely available on I don't know. I don't know if you mentioned this, but also Google Chromecast with Google TV doesn't currently work with Stadia, oddly, but I imagine support is coming. So you're also getting a gaming device then, too. Yeah, but you
0: can game on your big screen TV. So I, I just think the value Google has created, along with that experience of aggregating content, showing you what you want, uh, I think it's huge. But you know? I, I think
1: we'll see Roku coming back in a pre- future round, as you mentioned, with the TCL 6 Series TV. Yep. So, yeah. Google Chromecast, Google TV moves on. Now we're going into the streaming services. You know, you just got that Google Chromecast, Google TV, and you're trying to decide, huh, what streaming service should I get? First off, we have the bundle of Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus coming in at $13. That is a, a slight savings if you, I think it's like $15, $16 if you got them separately. So some a decent deal there, and I think Disney Plus is going up. Yeah, so it's going up to $8. I don't know if that's going to change this bundle in the future, but either way, we're talking about 2020. uh, And then that bundle is going up against Netflix, which starts at $9 for the basic, goes up to $14 for HD, and then $18 for 4K. Uh, Yeah, which do you? This is a tough one here. So... I've historically
0: been a fan of Netflix. They kind of, in my mind, kind of started it all. I mean, a lot of people forget they were mailing out
1: DVDs in their early origins. Like uh, competitors of Redbox and Blockbuster. Yeah, it's crazy. And now they're survived. And I think they do still mail out DVDs, though, too. Yeah,
0: we had that subscription for a while, and it's crazy. I think uh, what I love a lot about Netflix is their Netflix originals. I feel like they've been really building that out. I've really enjoyed some of their content with Stranger Things and... I respect what Netflix is doing. They're trying to create value for subscribers, give people a reason to stay subscribed to Netflix. But I think the big reason uh, to consider Disney Plus is obviously the Disney content. Like, Gabe, what are you getting with Disney that everyone loves so
1: much? Oh, Mandalorian is basically the the one reason. Marvel Universe. You're getting the Marvel Universe. Okay, so I think you were saying Netflix, how their original content Netflix, I believe, at this moment, has more must see must see TV than any other uh, streaming platform. Yeah, that sounds right. So that gives them a pretty significant edge because you know if you if you if must see TV is basically you want to be up to date on every episode because people are talking about it. That's you know driving the culture, driving the memes, driving the you know the chats on Twitter trending and stuff like that. And Netflix just has all that. I mean, Disney Plus, you know, has had huge success with Mandalorian. They have a bunch of shows launching in the spring here. Yeah, I actually I want to bring that up. Like Disney had an investor meeting
0: and they basically presented this epic roadmap for Disney Plus where they're gonna be launching Marvel Studios Legends, WandaVision, Pixar Popcorn, Loki, Marvel's What If series, Doug Day series, Ms. Marvel, Hawkeye, the Mysterious Benedict Society. I mean, they just went all out. And while I think we haven't really seen too much of a compelling reason to get Disney Plus in the last year. Besides the first two seasons of The Mandalorian, I feel going into the future, Disney is trying to create what Netflix has created, which is a reason to keep people subscribed. I've only really gotten Disney Plus annually at this point in the fall to really catch up on The Mandalorian. Uh, but I think going forward, it's going to be uh, a much better value. And they've grown significantly. They actually reached, I think, 89 million subscribers. Like, Yeah, Netflix has doubled that at least, right? Yeah. Like oh, 100- yeah. So they're I mean at 90 million. I'm at 195 hope. million yeah. is what I saw. Yeah.
1: So, I think Netflix is the standard go-to, right? It's the one you think of when you think of streaming. But because I think we're we're considering the bundle deal here, that that adds, you know, an element of well, you're getting Hulu as well, which they have all their own originals which are great, and they also have a huge backlog library. And also, one thing I found when I was looking that really rubs me a bit the wrong way Is the fact that with Netflix okay the $9 one you're only getting 480p streaming quality and one screen so that's $9 then for $14 you're only getting HD and two screens if you want actually to be able to get 4k video and more than two screens you have to go with the $18 one and that's 4k HDR now with Disney Plus for example you get 4k on the on the only it only has one tier so you get 4k and you get four screens yeah. For six ninety nine or seven ninety nine, whatever it is. not eight dollars come this uh spring. But for thirteen dollars with Hulu and Disney Plus, all those support four K and uh four know, screens. multiple screens. You so can share that with multiple people. I, I mean, think that bundle wins out. Like if I had yep. to choose one bundle to have I mean, granted I wouldn't really use the ESPN plus, but I'd mainly just be getting it to have Hulu and Disney together. So, I mean, even getting Disney Plus alone and then opting for the Hulu without ad
0: subscription. Yeah. I still think it would be cheaper than Netflix and give you just so much more content. And you're
1: getting especially 4K. Like, yeah, so if you have yeah. a new 4K my TV. Parents, my parents were on the standard definition plan. I was like, guys, you can't do this anymore. I mean, most people are on. I don't think most people know that the plan is only 480p. <laughs> standard definition. And I don't know why Netflix is doing it. I'm guessing because it saves them so much money on bandwidth and stuff. Yeah, 100%. But I unfortunately like Disney plus was just launched this year or no actually it was last year. It was last year fall 2019, but I think that's the best of tech 2020 right now. Yep. I completely agree. So now we're actually going on to another streaming service Which was launched this year HBO max for $15 that was actually that one's less than six months old basically Uh, and then you have YouTube premium for $12 now People are probably like, wait, what? why are you having YouTube Premium? And I'm kind of also wondering the similar thing. in I would like to know why we don't have Amazon Prime in here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just don't like Amazon. <laughs> I like YouTube a lot better. I, I did this one
0: because I spend probably 90% of my watching content consumption on YouTube. And I feel like Premium is just such a great way to support your creators. They actually earn more money from Premium subscribers than they do from people who don't pay premium and choose to watch the ads. So you can support your Wouldn't favorite that creators.
1: that depend though, how much, how many videos that person watches though? Um, I don't think so. I think I think the metrics just work out. Because aren't they just dividing up your twelve dollars to the different? Yeah, like if you watch a hundred thousand different videos a month, well, they're probably going to it's get not, less. It's not the videos;
0: it's the creators.
1: Yes, I know, but but if they're from different um, creators, you know. Two thousand
0: different creators. No, I still, I still think on a per view basis, you're earning. Okay, maybe right? true. I, yeah, I guess
1: CPM is pretty low sometimes. Yeah, it's like I earn like a fifth of a cent for per one view. view. Yeah, so All even right, if you're so getting that, like a that, cent, that makes that makes sense, right? No pun intended. Boom, boom, boom. So, uh, yeah, YouTube Premium, basically for twelve dollars a month, you're getting ad-free YouTube. You're getting the ability to download your video any video offline, which is pretty great, I will admit. And then you're getting YouTube Music, which is pretty awful. I will just. Well, yes, no, it's, it's usable. It's usable. And the usable. fact that it's 12 bucks, like you're getting basically a no, an adequate no, <laughs> because I don't want to be listening to a song and then have some sounds happening in the music video that are playing. That's not what I want. I want to actually listen to the clean, like you know, studio recorded version of the song, not what they put on in the you know they they make music videos oftentimes with sound breaks so people couldn't just rip them off YouTube. And put them on their iPod. That's why they did them, so they could you know it would ruin the having the their, audio listening exactly. Experience. Well, and then yeah. YouTube was like, huh, let's just take that and turn that into the music thing. So uh, I, yeah, we'll have to see. I'm don't not even actually, consider the YouTube music. I'm not. I'm that's not gonna, sure. That's only going to hurt your case.
0: I'm not sure how many songs that's with, um, but I felt like I noticed that occasionally, or maybe it was intentional. But um, no, I actually do think it's a tremendous value. And if I wasn't kind of stuck in a uh, Spotify subscription, I probably would just switch to YouTube music for my listening needs. I feel like it's wow. got the algorithm, it's got the recommendations, and it knows you well. So I think it's a good value. Should Prime Video have been in here? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But um, I mean, have
1: you watched The Boys on Amazon Prime? Nope. Oh, that is such... I will just... That, so since we're not including Amazon Prime, I'll just take this time to do a little ad break for The Boys on Amazon Prime. It's a great, gritty, modern take of superheroes. It was included on Obama's list of best TV shows for 2020. So has to be good. Has to be good. It is a little, you know, if you don't like violence and stuff, you might want to stay away from it. It's a little like kind of Deadpool where it's just, you know, kind of grotesque, humorous, uh, humor. Yeah, it's over the top. Over the top. But yeah, anyways, back to the actual uh, shutdown at hand. HBO Max launched this year. It's been met with like, you know, mild, decent uh, approval and positive reviews. I really do like their layout. It's pretty great, I gotta say, you know, on the TV screen or on the mobile devices. They haven't really felt like there's been much of a jump from HBO Go slash HBO Now to this. Like, there's not that much more new original content that's great. However, big, however, here, 2021 and what they've announced this year, what they're doing in 2021, starting with Wonder Woman right here at Christmas, is releasing all stuff straight to the streaming service for one month. It's same day theater, same day streaming exactly. for one month. But that is really amazing. And that kind of changes the game on streaming services. You know, up till now, it's been all right, we're going to release it in theaters and then eventually you'll come to streaming devices or even with Disney, like we're going to release Mulan, but we're going to charge you more. This is, we're just going to release it on our streaming platform for free on the same day that it's in theaters. That was huge. And that was also extremely controversial because
0: HBO/Slash/Warner Media didn't really meet up with any of the producers, directors making the films. And they make a lot of their money from the how much theater. it does in theaters,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, it's I'm not, definitely controversial. But if it's like, is this the best of tech for consumers? It, it might actually be. I think fifteen dollars a month though is pretty expensive. It is expensive. It is no, I expensive. guess I guess that's just the same as Netflix's HD version, which I will mention. HBO Max, you're getting 4K HDR for that fifteen dollars, and I think four. I don't know how many screens actually, but you know, it's not one screen. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I think the 4K is actually a newer update to it because I don't think it was available until recently. Well, Wonder Woman uh was, I know, in 4K HDR. Okay, so it depends on the content. Content, probably where you're watching, what app you're using, what device you're using. Yeah, I think the content library HBO has is truly phenomenal and it makes the service definitely worth it in my mind and probably worthy of going on. Where HBO Max can improve is probably in their user interface. Their content recommendations. Really? You don't, you don't love their user interface? Well, I think the content recommendations like
1: the what your watch yeah, later list they don't your... really have a good way of recommending content yet for people, but I do like how they have the easily laid out like what's leaving this month and what's new this month. That's pretty great. That is really nice. I do appreciate that. So I would say HBO Max, just because I feel like no one knows about YouTube Premium.
0: I know. They don't have any subscribers. You guys sign up for YouTube I, Premium. I have
1: subscribed to YouTube Premium. And then unsubscribed? You yeah, animal. I know. I will <laughs> say it is Really great if you do watch a lot of YouTube, you know, it gets rid of all the ads. So if you figure like you watch maybe an hour of YouTube a day, possibly, I don't know. That's that's you save like like a good chunk of time. You Save like five minutes, possibly a day. Oh, it's so nice. I love it. Uh, And we also left
0: out Apple TV Plus along with Amazon Prime and the ghost of what were we thinking? Apple TV doesn't really need to go there, but Amazon Prime definitely. I respect Apple for coming out with all original content and the fact that it's five bucks a month. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, actually, it's, just, it's more
1: like free a month because they have because they like, include it with all the new iPhones. have really started charging. All right, so HBO Max is going on. Now we're moving to the more hardware area for our final four. We have the Vizio OLED TV. It's fifteen hundred for the sixty-five inch. We're considering the sixty-five inch because that's the standard or that most popular size in the U.S. this year for TVs. And then we have the TCL Six Series R Six Three Five Mini LED TV. Wow, that is just too long a name basically the tcl6 series and that's uh nine hundred dollars for the 65 inch now sets in well you're going to be the one we're going to asking for the, you know stats and specs here because he has been thinking a lot about tvs because he's been in the i TV, bought a tv yeah, he bought a tv and i actually bought two tvs he, at one point he did actually buy the tcl6 TCL, 6 I owned the TCL. <laughs> then it broke and then he brought it back and then he brought bought one that wasn't on our list so if you had to uh, consider these two, what are the pros and cons that people are looking for with these two TVs? Yeah, so when you're looking to and buy- And also, also, why are they on this list?
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Let's okay. start with uh, the Vizio. So when people yep. are looking to buy a TV, they're looking at picture quality, looking at contrast. OLED has been the technology with some of the best contrast in the industry because OLED stands for Organic Light Emitting Diodes. And these these pixels are basically emitting their own light. They are their source light as opposed to other TVs where you have backlight, it's a backlit panel and the backlight can bleed, it can cause uh, not perfect blacks. So the Vizio OLED TV has incredible contrast and it is the most affordable OLED TV on the market. It is $1,500 for the 65 inch model, but that is still $650 cheaper than the LG C10, which is currently on sale for $2,150. So Vizio gotta respect what they're doing. Uh, And that's what makes this TV so special. Most affordable OLED on the market. That's why it's here. TCL 6 series, uh, it's a mini LED TV. So instead of, uh, it is backlit, but to combat some of the contrast issues, it's using an array of multiple different LEDs in different sections of the TV to turn them on and off to adjust the backlighting to match the scene dynamically. Uh, And the benefit of the TCL 6 series is you're getting a huge, huge increase in max brightness, you're getting ext- excellent HDR quality. Uh, and you know, why it's on this list is it does have Roku TV built into it for really great experience integration with voice assistants and things like that.
1: And isn't it the first mini LED TV on the market?
0: I'm or? not actually sure
1: about that, but it's one of the first that I've seen. Yeah, right. Well, if it's y- at least one of the first that's actually a four-to-one, not you know, and this also shouldn't be confused with micro LED, right? That's correct. So micro
0: LED is basically uh it's more similar to OLED, but instead of using an organic Compound that can actually degrade and decompose over time it's using an inorganic material uh for the same effect yeah.
1: so micro LED will will really be um hopefully in the next two to four years it's expensive but it's we'll be future. coming down in price, yeah and we'll be seeing now the t c l six series is uh roku t v what is the Vizio it's using vizio's interface okay which so uh, kind of makes roku, bad. roku probably wins out. yeah, they show ads on the Vizio yeah. okay, you can't no, get rid of even, them yeah. So anyways, what, we said $1,500 for the OLED, uh, $900 for the TCL. Which one do you think uh, is worth it? And Oh, this is easy for okay. me. It's the TCL 6 series because
0: you're getting excellent picture quality, excellent value, 4K, HDR, uh, one of the best prices available. The Vizio OLED, while it is OLED and kind of amazing that it's at this price point, uh, it has been plagued with problems since its initial launch. So VFR, which stands for Variable... Uh, frame rate hasn't been supported it's had issues with all the hdmi 2.1 features if you try and play any content back at 120 frames per second at any resolution it will skip frames and have glitches we're waiting on firmware fiche- fixes uh, if the tv is showing a black image there's a backlight bleed actually on the panel because okay, Vizio's so trying this to... sounds like a mess yeah so all right pcl
1: <laughs> 6 series you're going on in the next round and if you're looking for a tv possibly you know well, wait till they're in stock back at Best Buy and stuff, but then you can maybe go pick this up, and we'll see how far that goes. Finally here, this first round is taking forever, but we are here in the VR segment. Oculus Quest 2 starting at $300 for the 64-gigabyte model versus the Valve Index for $1,000 with an asterisk that you need a PC. That's like 1500 to $2,000. So I don't think this is even a competition. Personally, I think the Oculus Quest goes on. I, I would 100%. go Valve Index. I think...
0: So Valve Index is using outside-in tracking with the sensors, and to me, it represents the best of VR right now because it does support up to 120 hertz display, which for a lot of people reduces motion sickness, provides a significantly better gaming experience, higher resolution. Actually, I don't think the panels are higher resolution, but it does have a wider field of view, more immersive, comfortable. You're just like smirking over there. Why, why no, do you this
1: It's, you know, you still have to be tethered to a gaming PC. You have to have a gaming PC. The Oculus Quest 2 represents the ability to just be free from any wires, go play wherever you are, you know, set up the boundary in it. It's really great for if you want to work out now that we're in that work from home. You can pop in one of the games, maybe the boxing game or racquetball or something, and play any of those games in your living room, get a nice workout in while doing some gaming. I think the Oculus Quest 2 easily goes on to the next round it's but 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 you have like a two-hour battery life and if you up it to 90
0: hertz that's under two hours for battery life doesn't matter you need a facebook account to use the device everyone has a facebook account and if your facebook account is not in good standing you're basically you can't use it just create a
1: new facebook account okay oculus quest 2 going on the next round okay okay i can't argue games like firm it's going on that's not even close all right so now we've made it through the first round we're down to eight competitors let's Pop on back up to the top and get this showdown started in round two. The Stadia versus the PS5 and PS5 Digital Edition. <laughs> this I, is so <laughs> This I, is so hard. I mean, yeah, this is PS5. This is not even. I mean, St- really, St- really. I think Stadia is great, but which
0: is more memorable? Definitely PS5. A gaming right. console. Hand- I mean, both were like the next gen of what the companies were doing. Stadia, next gen, game streaming. But yeah, PS5, hands down, wins this one. Yeah, I mean, device. I don't want
1: to minimize what Stadia is doing, and you know, it's it's awesome. But now you have Luna from Amazon coming out soon, and a bunch of other ones. Definitely, it was the first doing it, but PS5 just more unique and really a huge step forward for Sony as a corporation and PlayStation. All right, yeah, absolutely huge. Now we're going on. We have a, This is a, we get into some weird showdowns here in this round. Always we have the Nintendo Switch versus Google Chromecast with Google TV. It's $300 kind of portable and home console versus the little dongle uh, TV for $50.
0: I think I want to give this one to the little dongle because what Google's doing is they're aggregating your shows from all of your subscription services, putting them on a beautiful interface and using their algorithm to help provide recommendations. I think for more, the Nintendo Switch is also from 2017, we said. And so I feel like for 2020,
1: I feel like... But, the... I, but I will just say the tech, I feel like for Nintendo is always the games, not the actual devices. It's a weird way to look at it, but Nintendo, like the reason you get a Nintendo device is the games. And I think the games that they've had in the past year have just... Animal Crossing. Animal that Crossing. That was a cultural phenomenon, I feel like. Everyone's at home. Pokemon, Animal... yeah. like all the different ones that have come out. It's really... It has seen its place. Still, though, the Google Chromecast TV... It's a great deal, fifty dollars. And Stetson did mention that the way it aggregates, you know, they actually had to get it like go to Netflix and these companies and get a deal so that would allow them to pull the content from the individual apps and put it on the home screen because yes, so a lot of times they want you to go into the individual apps and browse rather than just get that content on exactly, the home screen. Exactly, exactly.
0: But you know, I can see Nintendo Switch. It was the biggest game console for Nintendo. It was basically a cultural phenomenon this year. I at one point wanted one, but didn't yeah. get one. Uh, so yeah, I think I think we should move that one on. The I Nintendo. Mean, I think if
1: Google Chromecast, if they had already announced it with Stadia, then it might be a different story. I would say that goes on, but you it's know, not here yet. They haven't announced it yet. They probably will announce it in the future. But why? You know, it, they haven't yet. So uh, yeah, Nintendo Switch going on from 2017, still kicking that uh, old veteran. It knows how to play the game. Now we have the streaming showdown of the year: Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus together for thirteen dollars versus HBO Max for fifteen dollars. Disney, you know, both of them are four K capable. The Disney one, you get uh, four screens simultaneously. HBO Max, three screens simultaneously. Uh, I think, I think Disney Plus really, Hulu, ESPN Plus, yeah. I, I think we might have we might have kind of swayed this too much that way by putting the bundle up. But the thing is, it is the same cost.
0: I guess, I guess, I mean, I guess I don't know what's on Hulu, but I know the bundle does include, I think it's ad-supported Hulu, Yeah. and what I feel like, right now at least, is Disney Plus, to me, doesn't have the content that makes me want to keep my subscription. It has it where I'm going to finish The Mandalorian and then not really need the subscription, whereas right now, I feel like HBO Max, especially with the same-day theater releases, like, think how exciting that's going to be going into 2021, and how much of a impact that has on the industry like will other companies start to do this you know uh will it tra- sort of transition us to a streaming only uh solution where you don't necessarily need to go to theaters i think what hbo max is doing and with their incredible content backlog i think that was is what would win it for me
1: huh that is but i i don't i don't i know i don't know disney plus for me i think it's it. I was just also looking up... Sorry, that was why I was distracted. Uh, I was looking up what Hulu has for originals. It looks like they have The Handmaid's Tale. They have... What else? Um, what else do they have? They have Future Man. I've watched that before. That's a really good one. Yeah, they have a lot of originals, actually. Uh, they might not be as popular. I mean, but what's on... I guess HBO has like what Game of Thrones, but that's done. Game of Thrones, all basically anything from Warner Warner Brothers is like
0: on there. It's a huge, it's a really great content library. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know. I think for less, for less less, you're getting more. Less cost you're getting more. I think maybe HBO Max in this next year, once it has the movies, like do we count that this year? Yeah, that's a good point. Nothing. I mean, we had Wonder Woman. That was about it, right? Yeah, that,
0: that snuck in. And to be fair, Disney Plus did see the the most growth this year,
1: right? They skyrocketed yeah. in growth. Uh And maybe that is the, the, the one to put and on. And something that you were bringing up uh when we were just talking off pod was that, you know, a lot of these com- or a lot of these streaming companies, right? Like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon prime, HBO max, even they're all just trading around their backlog of, you know, which shows they have the exclusive rights to stream basically. You know, it's like, Oh, well the office is leaving. Yeah. It's leaving Netflix, Netflix. end of 2020. Yeah. Right. And like, more and more with like the with Peacock coming from Universal and all these other, you know, CBS trying to launch their new own proprietary streaming services, that is going to be, you know, the content creators are going to be grabbing back the rights to their stuff. So I really think Disney Plus is representing like a brand that you almost subscribe to rather than a platform. Sure, sure. And you are right? getting a lot of the fan favorites from the Marvel Universe. That yeah. Well, Marvel, always, Star always Wars, won. any of the Fox ones, you're getting Pixar. It's just... It's insane how many uh, shows and originals that Disney has already. Yeah. So I think I think that bundle is going on to the semifinal round. The semifinal round. All, All right, right, now f- uh, the little final showdown here in the series of eight. We have the TCL six series versus, versus the, the fa- Oculus Quest yeah, two. Yeah, geez, pasting the wrong. You, you pasted the one you wanted to go on, so in into the final here. But yes, the Oculus Quest two. Uh, this is a nine hundred dollar sixty five inch TV. So this is the old school. Real virtual reality versus new school virtual reality, which is on your head a immersive three hundred dollar Quest 2 which do you think I think I mean this is tough because what I respect about the quest 2 is
0: It's kind of a important product in the VR space where you're reaching an affordable price point so you can Scale up the consumer base. Yeah, that
1: was the big thing with the quest 2 versus the one is it was more affordable even though it wasn't much spec improvement Just more affordable is a huge thing with any new uh, technology. Yeah, you
0: get more players, and that kind of incentivizes game developers. But honestly, I just feel like the TV where you're getting such, uh, you know, people I feel like are ready for an upgrade. Like getting a 4K HDR TV, my parents are ready for an upgrade. I think what TCL is doing in uh, this market is providing an affordable TV with excellent picture quality, and I almost want to move that one on. Now,
1: as someone who is, you know, just gotten so immersed talking about VR in the TV world and watching so many reviews and stuff I want you to take a step back a little bit okay, and, and think how memorable is any one TV model I mean when they're calling it the TCL 6 series R635 mini LED TV can't be too memorable right I yeah I guess that's probably true and I I do think it's kind it might be a bit of a cop out to go based off memorability, but that is one of the factors we include very often when trying to make a tough decision. It's, it's
0: true, and I will say after trying VR, those are some of the most memorable gaming experiences I've ever had. So
1: yeah, you know what? I think I switch this like the Quest Two could be like the iPhone type thing, or yeah, the one that really. And it does have its issues with like the Facebook login, but honestly, if you're worried about that. Gosh, you got so many other issues of companies collecting data on you all right true facts quest 2 is gonna go on and Let's see now. What do we have here in the finals? We have a bunch of uh, things that are back ordered (laughs) Actually what we have because we have the PS5 Nintendo switch we have Disney That's the only one you could actually order now Disney Hulu and ESPN plus and then the oculus quest 2 So the Disney one is the only one you could actually get today, but let's start off at the top two gaming consoles here we have the PS5 and PS5 Digital Edition versus the Nintendo Switch. It is kind it, of depends, like what kind of gamer you are. But I think for 2020, is, yeah, this is very subjective. Of what are you, you know, into? Are you a serious gamer kind of with the PS5, or are you more casual just for fun? I think, I, I think know. PS5. I mean, it's the next gen. Yeah. It is a gaming
0: revolution with the controller and 3D audio. I'm just, I'm a big fan of what Sony did here, and I feel like it's such a. Memorable product for 2020. I think it deserves to go on.
1: I'm a big fan of the Nintendo Switch in that it's actually made it this far being a 2017. Like this is you're seeing the veteran who's been around in the league since for 20 years. You know, he's been at all been through like seven different teams, been to the World Series, finally got that World Series ring. And then now it's like he's almost got it. But it's like, yeah, he's not quite as good. Doesn't have that skipping a step of the new one. So PS5 and PS5 Digital Edition going on to the finals. All right, finally here, we have Disney, Hulu, or Disney Plus, sorry, Hulu and ESPN Plus versus Oculus Quest 2. Wow, what, how do we even begin this one? I, I was thinking about like how many people would benefit from each,
0: and I think the Quest 2 is kind of a, a monumental landmark in the VR space but I still think the VR audience is Little so much niche. smaller. Yeah. That really the real the real winner of 2020 was Disney Plus with its tremendous subscriber growth. Like they hit their five year subscriber goal in nine months, and maybe that was assisted by the pandemic. But I think it shows the future of the service. It shows promise, and it shows a great way for
1: people and to let, get. Let's also remember that their production was delayed on a lot of the stuff. So things that they're now announcing that you know springtime is, are going to be coming like WandaVision Vision and Falcon. Those should have kind of been actually coming out, I think, the fall. But, you know, they only have really one original TV show that's Hallmark, which is Mandalorian. And they're still like just people People love it. Gaining subscribers like, I don't know, you know, faster than any other uh, place out there. So I think this, yeah, I think Oculus Quest 2 is definitely actually, as I was doing the research for this podcast episode, I really want one now. You know watching all these videos of people playing them especially yeah the boxing um, one looks really good there's this game where you're boxing and it's like it's actually looks like a serious workout they had some like crossfit trainer or someone oh, doing doing and he was like yeah that's an actual workout so i'm kind of like hey you know i don't really love working out when i can't go to a gym and because it's but now you know, get to create your own gym create your own right you can't go out of your house now because covid so it's like just bring vr in and you can go anywhere that is true, you know. Yeah, so cool. shout out to Elena. Go listen to that episode if you want to know more about VR. But I think, uh, you know, it's great that Oculus Quest Two is doing that. I still think Disney Plus and that whole bundle there. Yeah. What Disney's really done in the past. This award is not just one year. This is like what they've done over the past ten years of buying all these companies and coming to this moment. This is their moment. So Disney Plus goes on to the final round. Well, and Hulu and ESPN Plus as well. But those aren't the big ones. Now we are here in the final, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the final uh, division. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't have much energy by the time we get to this final round. No, it's uh, we've had some tough battles. We've battled through. We've seen them all. Uh, you know, PS5, Xbox One. We've had that battle, or Xbox One, Series X battle. We had that go down. PS5 won out, won its way all the way here to the final round. Disney. We had a hard battle with Netflix, and also then with HBO. But it finally made it here to the final. Which one is deserving of the best of tech for 2020 in the entertainment division and the right to go on to the final round I'm or final showdown? I'm sitting here and I'm looking at these contestants yep. and I'm thinking
0: I really like what Disney did. I saw their growth. I've been loving the Mandalorian myself, but I really think what PlayStation or what Sony did with PlayStation 5, that's different. That's unique. That's the next generation for them. This is a 10 year device. I feel like the design was unique. The games are awesome. I feel like people are loving it, uh, but you also can't get it. So I'm like kind of torn like, do we put True. the one console people can't get, or do we put the streaming service everyone is loving right now. Yeah, everyone can get that's 13 bucks a month. I yeah. I almost, all right, here's, I think PS5 deserves to win this because I think for gamers, it is a monumental moment for them. I So many people are so excited about this. Sony delivered on having exclusives that are available. And yeah, I don't know. I I think they did more cool stuff that's new and different with the controller, with the 3D audio and with their next gen gaming, with ray tracing, 4K 120 uh, that I feel like Disney did with their subscription. All right. They bundled stuff together. They made some great entertainment shows, um, but really it's nothing groundbreaking. But I don't know, like what would define a winning category to you? Is it the
1: number of people that can easily access well, let's, it let's look at the other uh three winners that we've had we've had iphone 12 which was really kind of like bringing the best of the iphone to everyone in a and mini 5G. size it was 5g really right for that it was, like that was what the iphone did then skydio 2 was kind of more in that ps5 category it's the next gen though interestingly the skydio 2 was kind of like the ps5 of last year where no one could get it and they still have a 60 day waiting uh list for ordering it and getting your new Skydio 2. So that's kind of similar to the PS5 and that one is category. And then we had, what was it? The Google audio, which is more of the Disney plus in that everyone can get it. It's not really groundbreaking, but it does some new stuff. Well, bundles it all together uh, in a good package. So I I don't know. This is a really tough one. I feel like we have to put on the PS5 and PS5 digital edition just because of how big those have been this year. And I mean, just like the those those tech, are the devices of 2020. Right? Like, if you're going to say, like, what devices are released in 2020, it's going to be, the, like, you're going to mention the Xbox Series S and S. Ah, gosh. Those names are just wrong. And <laughs> wrong. You hear that, Microsoft? Just, just wrong. Just wrong. You need to come up with something uh, shorter. Put but them in the timeout box. Either way, the two gaming cons, you know, the major gaming consoles from uh, Xbox and PS, uh, PlayStation are going to be on there because of how, you know, how rare their releases are. They're not every year. They're not little updates like are coming to Disney Plus, but then again, a new streaming service doesn't come along every day. Uh, actually, I beg oh, to differ. Uh, kind of At does, the rate yeah.
0: they're going now, we're get everyone's dishing so maybe, out
1: their own. Maybe it is.
0: Yeah, PS Five. I think. I think PS Five deserves the crown. All right,
1: so champion. Congratulations to the PS Five and PS Five Digital Edition. You are going on to our finale, our grand finale with iPhone Twelve Skydio Two. Uh, Google Nest Audio and PS5 PS5 Digital Edition listen listen to that episode when Stetson? Very soon. Very soon on what? On wherever you're listening to this episode right now most likely. Yeah, Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts wherever you get your podcast
0: fix. Either way that is going to be it for this epic battle. Gabe and I are fatigued. We're going to have to take uh, we're going to go in the green room, catch our breath. Yeah. And Wait, do we have to paint a room green in our house? No, yet? no, that's not how that works. Anyway, okay. we're going to come back at you very shortly with our grand finale episode. It's going to be an epic battle, an epic mashup. I don't even know how we're going to evaluate those products, but we will be crowning one the champion. So that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And we look forward to talking to you in the next episode.